And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince. I'm here with my co-host Stevie D. Stevie D, I, 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 I sometimes there's nothing to say, <laughs> right? You go, you go through all this, and there's really nothing to say. But uh, you know, as we posted out for the invite, winter is coming, and uh, winter came when it came to One Bills Drive. And then all of a sudden you look at Florham Park and winter started coming over there, right? Uh, what we're talking about, cha changes are afoot. Uh, Buffalo Bills, if you haven't heard, right, if you're living under a rock, the Buffalo Bills uh, relieved Ken Dorsey uh, as the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Um, hey, Terry, how are you? Hey. Uh, yeah, you know that that was a change that many Bills fans had been asking for over the last four or five weeks, right? Um, and, and we're we're going to talk about it. The timing of it, though, was just it didn't sit right with me, Stevie D. The timing didn't sit right. Um, and then we talked about there were some changes in Florham Park for your boys, right? Uh, and you guys made some changes. We made one change. Uh, well, we I made two changes really. We uh, we let uh, Michael Carter go, the running back Michael Carter, um, and then uh, as of today, CJ Uzama, uh, who's been guilty of many penalties the last few weeks and and two really costly penalties against the Raiders, uh, he's been told he's going to the bench, and the Jets are promoting Jeremy Ruckert to work alongside Tyler Conklin as tight ends one and two. So uh, I'm happy to really happy to see that one. Cause I don't know where the man's head is, but um, you know, I'm, I'll talk a little bit about it when we get into, into the jets, but I've been how, I mean, I'm sure if jet fans are probably saying this guy's nuts about discipline and accountability. And we'll talk more about that later, but I'm glad to see something happening around discipline and accountability within the, uh, within the organization. Sure. You know, when you know we're we're going to take our usual just look around the NFL, talk about some things that we saw that really kind of stood out, and the and the one that you just can't deny is what's happening with the Houston Texans, right? You have the Houston Texans with the rookie quarterback who, through his second second, not of the game, his second interception of the year. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, which was a bad pass, by the way, right? But that is his second, leading his team to a victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. When you talk about C.J. Stroud, I mean, first of all, the, the rookie of the year, that's over. That's a, yeah, that's that, a wrap. Yeah. That's a wrap. Uh, but he has brought something to the Houston Texans. First of all, he's an Ohio State quarterback. That, that never happens. Right. <laughs> And then not only being an Ohio State quarterback, but what he has done on the field, and not it, you know, I take it a step further. It's not only what he's done on the field, it's what he's done in the locker room, along with D'Amico Ryans, to change the culture. And I remember that guy when his name was Josh Allen and the things that he was doing, and he brought to the locker room for the Buffalo Bills. And you can see the same thing with C.J. Stroud. I mean, they they certainly are in line where, uh, you know, they keep playing. They're, they're going to make a strong push for uh, a playoff spot. And as I said, he's definitely got 
hands down rookie of the year. Let, let's not dismiss D'Amico Ryan's impact in that organization. Yeah. Right. He's had a huge impact uh, with those players outside. I mean, obviously they had a great draft class, right? They had what the, the number two and number three picks, right? They made the big splash to, to, to grab the number three pick. Um, and D'Amico Ryan's has just taken a lot of the existing players that were there, sprinkled in a few rookies and, uh, has him what a game out of first place. He does. He does. It's a great story. Great story. The, the, uh, there's two others that I would want to talk about and, and the short lived, right? Let's talk about the Cowboys playing the Giants. Yep. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Giants. They, they, they are a complete dumpster fire. I, I blame Brian Dable and Joe Shane. I do because not that you, you really were going to go anywhere. And I'm taking Danny Dimes out of the equation. You relied your season on Tyrod Taylor. The injury when they played you, and then they brought in DeVito, right? And easy. The, he's Italian. Easy. Yeah. Easy. So is Danny, De, so Danny DeVito from Taxi, right? I, that's, every time I hear the name, I think of him, right? But you, you basically, you write off the season, right? I, I don't feel sorry. I have no love for Giants fans, right? If Giants fans are out there. Sorry, guys. But really, what what are you doing as far as any legitimacy? Are you automatically going into tank mode? Right? And, and you didn't show up against the Cowboys. I, they basically hung half a hundred on you. Yeah, they scored late. It was really uh, – it was an embarrassment. The Giants will tell you they're banged up, right? They have their quarterback, their offensive line, and they have blah, blah, blah. Um, that, that's what the Giants fans will tell you that we're we're not we're not healthy. The Cowboys are healthy. Then go get Josh Dobbs. Please don't even right. get me going on Josh Dobbs. Okay. Hey, Rob. What's up, Rob? We could have got a court. We needed a quarterback. No, we don't. We yeah. don't do anything. Could have had him for a sixth to seventh round that helped solve our problems um, at, at quarterback, but we didn't. We didn't do that. And then the last one I, I want I want to just kind of bring up as we touched before we get into the real the real conversation was the Lions and the Chargers. Brandon Staley, can, can we officially say the the timer is tick tock tick tock on Brandon Staley? Oh, Kellen Moore's drooling. He's like, oh, I got, <laughs> I got this job, man. I made the right move. Yeah, I, I you, you just look at what's going on over there, and you know. They are they their receiving core is always injured. It, it it's interesting when you look at Herbert. He puts up numbers, but it's it just doesn't seem like he puts up winning numbers, right? He's that guy that will forever be the stat guy that will probably end up in the Hall of Fame because you're going to look at his numbers and you know he's going to pass for you know. 50,000 yards and have all these touchdowns. But when you look at playoff appearances, when you look at exhibition game victories, right? When you look at all like that. Like Marino. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that came out kind of quick. But that's really, it, it was. Has all the stats, has all the statistics, right? But no hardware. Yeah. And Rob calls him Marino. Fake spike this. That's what I say. Who tried to run the fake spike this week? The um, oh my god, the Patriot guy. 
Well, he's happy. Tried to run the fake spike. Yeah, that didn't work out too well for them. All right. So, you know, that's just as we kind of go around, you know, what happened this week. And those are some of the things that kind of stood out. Um, again, you know, loving if, if I have to take a, a second team right now, loving what I'm seeing with the Houston Texans, even though I'm not a fan of the Texans, what CJ Stroud is doing, you, you can't not but have some love and, and just just enjoy seeing what you're seeing. You know, All right. And it's funny because every Jet fan says, how come we can't get a rookie quarterback that can just come in and do that? Right? Yeah. So. So, Stevie D, we teased it. We teased it. I'm ready to jump into it. Okay. The um, session is in. A yeah. Is on. It, it, was, it was painful. Painful on Monday night. It was painful to see a team who you know that you are better than. It is painful to watch your team just kind of wander around the field aimlessly like zombies. But I put it all to Sean McDermott, right? I am tired of people saying, oh, Sean this and Sean that, got to give him a shot. We were here, we were there. I don't want to hear that because Sean McDermott is your leader. He is the one that has the final say on everything. Before you even take the field, he's the one that's giving those final instructions. He's the one that's hyping up the team. He's the one that's making those calls. He's the one who the coordinators are coming to saying that this is our game plan. And he's saying, yes, I'm good with that. He's the one that has decided that he is going to wear two hats, right? One hat here that says I'm a head coach. One hat here that says I'm the defensive coordinator. Right, he's the one that has decided he's going to do that, and so when you do that, you're taking the onus and the responsibility of all of that onto the field. And we saw, which was interesting for the first time, we won the toss and we decided that we're going to receive. And you, you made the point last was it last week about with the Bengals saying. They wanted they wanted the ball because they were confident. They don't have to worry about the second half. We're going to get it. And we're going to score. Yes, we had to be happy about that. <laughs> you're you're right about that, Rob. <laughs> uh, but you, you're right, CBD. Right that that the Bengals said we want the ball because we know that we we're better than you. We're going to smack you around. And I'm not sure. Right, everybody's trying to figure out why we decided that we were going to. Uh, receive the ball. I don't have a problem with it, right? Because I, everybody says the analytics of getting a, a double touch, right? You get it at the end of the first half, and then you're able to uh, get it at the beginning of the second half. I, I hear that. But I'd much rather have the ball to start the game, and if I have confidence in my offense, then I am going to go down the field, and next thing you know, I'm up 7 nothing. You are now in chase mode, and you don't want to be in chase mode, right? You don't want that. And so then it's up to your defense that you are the defensive coordinator. You shut them down, which you can shut them down. And you did actually, you did shut them down, right? What happens to Buffalo? They accept first play, James Cook has the fumble, right? Bad fumble, but 
if I were to rate it on a scale of one to ten, Stevie D, it was more of like a four, right? On James Cook, right? You got to secure it because you're going down. But the guy ripped it out while he was basically laying on the pile, right? If his knee had just gone a certain way and was touching the ground, it wouldn't have been a fumble. But it is okay. I get it, right? The Bills were able to hold him, so your defense really did hold him, but you didn't take advantage of receiving the ball. Let me start with issue number one with Sean McDermott. Game hasn't even where what we're 13 minutes, <laughs> three minutes into the game. You decide you're going to bench your bell cow running back, James Cook, because of a fumble. Okay, I'll play your game for a play, a second play, a, a third play. Okay, at, at some point, at some point, this has got to stop, right? At some point, I got to see him back on the field. No, I'm watching Latavius Murray, who, again, don't get me wrong, I like having him on the team, right? He has a certain role. His role is not to be the feature running back. And you can see him after a couple of runs. It's not like he broke off a 60-yard run after three plays. He's like, yo, I need a blow. All right, well, James Cook's coming back in here. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Who else do we have on the depth chart? Let's go to our third man on the depth chart, which is not Leonard Fournette, which it should be Leonard Fournette. But He's not ready it wasn't. Yet. Not ready yet. So now we're going to go with your guy, Ty. Oh, my God. When Ty came in the game, my phone started blowing up. <laughs> and I'm watching this, and I'm like, Who's making these decisions? It wasn't Dorsey making that decision. Because I guarantee you, James Cook is not in Ken Dorsey's doghouse. He's in Sean McDermott's doghouse. So you're going to let this guy sit on the bench for damn near a first half. 16 plays. And then all of a sudden, now here he comes back out, right? And now, now I got to listen to Aikman. Be nuts, DVD. This is driving me nuts because now I got to listen to Aikman as we go against one of the worst rush defenses in the league, and we're chewing him up. Oh, look how hard he's running! Yeah, it must have been you know getting in the McDermott doghouse. Now he's boy, I would do that every game. What are you talking about, Aikman? Right, give it fodder to dumb strategies, dumb coaching. By Sean McDermott. There are a lot of different situations that happen. Josh Allen, and I want to talk about his interceptions because the the one interception, Davis should have caught the ball. Oh, yeah, the, right? tip, the tipped interception. But, Josh, you have got to start putting better touch on passes. I – Gabe should have caught it, right? What do you always say? If the ball hits your hands, you got to catch it, right? It, it, that was a two-hander, right? That was just it, here. It was two hands. You got correct. Make, right. Yeah. But we've said this ever since we were kids playing in the back in in the backyard, right? If the ball touches your hands, you got to catch it. So yes, he should have caught it. But also understand, you got a missile coming at you, right? Hundred miles an hour, and it comes. Josh, you could do better than that. You don't have you don't have to do that. 
But that's not really where Josh's problems are coming with the interceptions, DVD. No, no. Time after time, we are seeing Josh, whether they are on deep outs or wheel routes, where you have the receiver who is going down the sideline and you have the DB that is running with him break off his coverage and undercut the route and be there for the interception. Did we see it this week? Yes. Did we see it last week? Yes. Did we see it the week before? Yes. Did we see it in the Jets game? Yes. Right? At some point, you have to understand, because you are your offensive coordinator only calls five plays, that the defense only has to prepare for five plays throughout the week. And they know what you're going to do, and they're, a, they're prepared for that, and they're able to step in front of it. Blowing my mind enough, Josh, right? Let's start to look at the other part of the field and not throw it so hard that the guy's going to have a tip. All right. All right. Then as I start to slow down, somehow we find our way to tie in the game. Right. I'm like, okay, this is okay. But we're still just, we're running in quicksand. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. We're not do. We are not the Bills that we know. We are. It is not the Josh Allen I know. Stefan Diggs is not being utilized as the Stefan Diggs I know. A couple weeks ago, we had Khalil Shakir and Gabe Davis running these different routes. Right? They're not doing that. I don't know who where these guys all of a sudden went to. Kincaid is just he makes a couple good plays, but he's lost. He probably doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And so we're not really doing anything. And you, when you don't do anything, and don't take this as, as a knock, when you don't do anything, you allow a team to hang around. Sure. That's exactly what happened week one when we played the Jets. When Rodgers went down, for all intents and purposes, the Jets were done. They were done. The, the stadium done. was done. The sideline was done. They didn't know what to do, but you just allowed them to hang around and hang around. Next thing you know, Garrett Wilson makes his great catch in the end zone. All of a sudden, we got a game here, right? You, When you allow people to just stay that shouldn't be there, things like this happen. And so then let me get to the – I'm going to – for time, Stevie D. Right. You, we get to the end of the game. And I was, you know, for all that I I, I bash McDermott on, I will give McDermott credit that he is a great defensive mind. He is a good defensive coordinator, right? Coming from the, the tutelage uh, of Jim Johnson and, you know, all the things that he's done, I give him credit for that. I give him absolute credit for that. But in-game thinking is out the window, Right? So you get to a situation where you have the the Broncos are driving. Time is going. They're out of timeouts now, right? They pulled some old BS, you know, run the field goal team out onto the field to try to get a kickoff, and it worked before the end of the half. Okay, right? But you, you're looking at the field, at the field position. You're looking at the clock. You blitz in a cover zero, all-out blitz, you blitz Russell Wilson right up the gut, right? Everybody gets through, 
And before he can even take two steps back, he is besieged, right? And is dropped. Great. Now, he here's where here's where you know boy wonder over there is thinking. Let me do it again. I can't stand Russell Wilson. But even on his worst day, he's smart enough to know. And Sean Payton is smart enough to know they're lining up just like they did before. Be careful. They may try to do it again. And Rob had, had mentioned something. You know, he put he talked about the, the back-to-back zero blitzes, and he's right. But he talked about something about a 12-year-old. Let's see. Rob had a 12-year-old play Madden. More situational awareness. And he's absolutely right. Right? This was like when you're playing Madden against some 12-year-old kid, right, in his basement, his mom yelling at him, hey, time to turn that off, right? And here he comes again with another all-out blitz. And that's exactly what McDermott did, right? Right. The only thing is now they're a little bit more aware of what's going on. And what's Russell do on on his back foot? Just heaves it down the field. Great play. We say that we said that Zach should have done that, you know, in, in yep, previous yep. games, right? And and that's what you do, and you hope, right? It was a hope and a prayer. That was their hail mary right there. Put Taron Johnson in a difficult situation, right? Because all, we all know that those balls that are short, receiver turns back to go get it. Interestingly enough, I'm not going to hate on the refs here, right? But he he because he did interfere with them. He did right, but he also was looking back at the ball. So now it get you know a little tricky. But all right, I'll give it up for for the penalty. But that's on you, McDermott. I would have been okay if you would have showed cover zero and dropped back to cover two or cover four. I would have been okay with that. They the time is on your side, right? It, it's not on the Broncos side. They were in desperation mode on that play. That's what they were. Absolutely. So now you blew that one because now you get the PI, puts him in field goal range, and then you decide, I'm going to start taking timeouts. I don't want to rehash the Kansas City playoff loss, right? Bad situational coaching, right? If you remember Stevie D, I told you, when he had the infamous 13 seconds that a Belichick coach team, and I know a Vince coach team would have told my DBs, you get up in the face and you tackle them, right? Because the clock's going to start by the time the clock runs and the, the whistle is blown and the penalty flags come flying, right? You'd be down to four seconds, three seconds, right? And, now you, you've left them one play, right? They wouldn't have been able to get Harrison Buckner off to kick that field goal. They would have still been way down the field. That's situational thinking. McDermott decides what he's going to do is he's going to call his timeouts. Well, what are you calling your timeouts for now at this point? They're in field goal range, right, or what should be field goal range. they got to get a kicker. Why are you calling your timeouts? Here's how you play it, DVD. They have no timeouts. They're expecting you to call a timeout. You run up to the referee as if you're going to call a timeout, no timeout and, you and you let that clock just run. And then they realize, oh, crap, <laughs> what, what are they doing? 
And then you see their team card. They call a timeout, right? Time is time is run out, or they're scrambling, right, to try to get their offense on, yeah. their kicking team on, things like that. Nope. What do we call a timeout for? What you don't have enough timeouts to to kind of hold it so that you could get one last shot. But then it comes down to you put dime coverage out there, right? You know right. they're kneeling. They knelt twice, right? So you know they're going to kneel. You put dime coverage out there, and then they want to run their field goal unit out there, and now you're going to run your dime defense off to put on your field goal block. You should have had your field goal block out there to begin with. Or left your dime defense out there. Hey, what is what does it matter? Not only that, you're the one that's controlling the teams between when you're going to call for field goal block and not. And leave the defense there. You knew, you knew <clears throat> when the PI happened that you needed to get with your special teams coach. And start strategizing how you're going to handle it because they weren't going to, they didn't need to go for a touchdown. You knew they weren't going to risk it. They were going to risk a fumble at that point in time. I mean, in all fairness, I know he hooked it to the right on the first attempt, but in all fairness, what's the difference between a 33 yarder and a 36 yarder? I mean, let's, let's keep, let's keep it real, right? It's when you take your knees, but at that point, once that happened, hey, let's make sure we got our personnel ready to go. Whatever you, whatever personnel you're calling. Let's get him at the line and let him get him ready to go. And and he didn't do it because you had about three minutes or so to have that conversation once the PI – because really once the PI happened, as a coach, there's nothing you can do. It's called, yep. right? Yep. My focus is now, next, like we always say in sports, next play, next play. Once that happened, it's next play. And as a coach, I, I, I'm getting my other coach, and I'm saying, all right, what are we doing? What what Are we going for the field goal block? What's our personnel looking like? Hey, let's get him at the line and because we know they're going to be running people in and out. Even if they didn't, even if they decided to wait the last timeout and, and have the timeout to set their players, either way, you should have had your players ready ready to go. Absolutely. And, and it didn't happen. And then, you know, again, the, the deep guy, uh, I don't know who the deep guy was on that play. I don't know if that was uh, one of your corners or not. But typically when you have your special teams out there, somebody's counting. Should be. Right? Because your deep guy, if he counted, he should have ran out of the back of the end zone. Right, to, be, to be 11 on 11 because at that point your your role at that point is nothing as the deep guy right you're not at the line so he he needed to count and then if it was 12 uh, get off the field and so in typical buffalo fashion denver misses the kick right <laughs> they, they, it, this is just what what happens right they they miss the kick we decide okay uh no problem we're going to Lost you for a second. I'm back. <laughs> All right. Get, give them the additional five yards. And again, in, in typical fashion, what happens? Uh, you know, the kick is good. Right. And, and, you know, you get that gut punch once again, knowing that that was a game that you should have won, that you were the better team. You are the better team. And here you are now desperate for a playoff spot. You were, you know, at the end of the day, I, I struggle. Stevie D, because I want the playoffs, 
right? Because you, you want to be part of the tournament. I want to be part of everything, right? You know, for the longest time, I want to be part of the primetime games. I want to be part of X. I want everything, right? Because you want that because you're a, you're a Bills fan or for your sake, you're, you're sure. a Jets fan. Right. You want to be part of that. You want that attention. But I at the at the end of the day, we are not a playoff team. So, so what does our genius coach do, right? I, I put I put a post out there, right, about leadership, Stevie D, right? Good leaders look in the mirror, right? And when they look in the mirror, they try to identify who and where and you know they, they're having their deficiencies. But a lot of times those deficiencies are staring them right back across from them in that mirror, right? They need to look at themselves. Where have they failed them? Well, maybe they failed them by running back-to-back cover zero blitzes. Maybe that was the failure. But no, we decided that it was time to make a change, right? Now, in all fairness, our offense has struggled. And so we looked at we looked at, at Ken Dorsey and we said, all right, you have to go, right? And so the announcement came yesterday. Not, not a shock, but a shock, right? I guess you, you never expected it to happen, but you knew that it was going to happen. And so the Buffalo Bills fired Ken Dorsey yesterday, and they brought in Joe Brady or elevated Joe Brady, in-house guy, quarterback's coach, to become the new offensive coordinator. Now, I, I've had my issues with Dorsey over the last year and a half. Right. And we, just like we were talking before the show, I was all in favor of Dorsey replacing Dable. Right. When Dable went off to take the Giants head coaching job, you wanted to bring somebody in to maintain the continuity. Right. It's 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 huge in sports. Right. It really is. He was Dorsey was Josh's guy. Right. So it made a lot of sense. Right. And so he came in there. But you started to see the decline. Right. And what was the decline? Was it in Josh? Was it in Dorsey? Was it age? You couldn't really figure it out, but you started to see a decline. And this year, it's been ridiculous. Right. Once we got past the first four weeks, it you, you look in, you know, I know we have Rob here. Rob, you know, we've gone back and forth, whether it be 11, 12 personnel. I'm I'm screaming that it's the scheme, right? But something was wrong. And so, you know, you knew that a change had to come. And when they made the change, they decided to bring in, or as I said, elevate Joe Brady. So let's look at, let's introduce Joe Brady, Stevie D, to our OW Sports listeners and viewers here. Who is he, right? Well, you know, he's the former linebackers coach at a William & Mary. Excuse me. Uh, Somebody has ties to William & Mary. Uh, Penn State grad assistant. Uh, he was the offensive offensive assistant with the Saints. Uh, he became the passing game coordinator for LSU and the receivers coach. Um, and then, if you go to the right side, now that team, right? He was working with the likes of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Right? He was all part of that national championship team. He um, made Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson as the wide receivers coach. He did. Made Joe made Joe Burrow. Joe Cool, right? He was the one passing out the cigars when they won, right? <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, from there he went on to become the offensive coordinator with the Carolina Panthers. And then after Matt – and that was under Matt Rule. And when Matt Rule was fired, 
then he became the quarterback's coach for the Bills under Dorsey. And it kind of allowed with Dable leaving, you know, freed up the position. Dorsey went up. And so then here he comes, right? Carolina Panthers, two seasons under Matt Rule. And the reason why I highlight this is because this was where he was really cutting his teeth. He, when you look at Joe Brady, Joe Brady is one of those names that is circulating amongst the GMs and the execs as potential head coach candidate, right? I'm not saying that he's at that top rung, right? But there's always those names that just start floating around and they need to get that little bit of experience, you know, and then start the interview. And next thing you know, they're gone. Um, but again, two seasons with Matt Rule, then they got fired, comes to Buffalo. Uh, but while he's with Carolina, one of the things that you start looking at I mean, people are trying to find the, the pros and the cons of him being an OC. I'm just going to put it out there, Stevie D. Their rankings were middle to lower tier throughout. Now, who did they have, right? Because in all fairness, they had Teddy Bridgewater. Now you're getting Josh Allen. That's a huge upgrade, <laughs> right? That's a huge upgrade. But they also had Christian McCaffrey, and you have James Cook, Right. But you really didn't run Christian McCaffrey. In fairness, McCaffrey did have an injury in one of those years. But when he was healthy, you didn't run him the way you needed to run him. So when coming to Buffalo, I caution all of Bills Mafia and the Bills fans, don't expect to see you know, a, a heavy run game or a heavy use of James Cook that way. He is a big spread guy, though. Right, so he likes to spread out the receivers, and, th and this DVD may where may be where the benefit comes in. Right, I go back to scheme. Right, so again, Rob, and I know we go back and forth. Whether it be eleven personnel, whether it be twelve, who who knows? Right, what whatever package that they put out there, he seems to have the ability to call the plays where you're going to find guys open right, that are going to put guys into areas where you may have more yak. The question is, how much can you influence in five or six days? How much can you influence in six weeks, right? It's not like you had them in OTAs, not like you had them in minicamp, in training camp, and you've gone through the first 10 weeks of the season, and you say, here's my playbook. You know, it's also the fact that uh, he hasn't had a um... – when you come in the middle of the season, he's never called plays. Now, all of a sudden, you don't know how he's going to call plays. You don't know how he's going to call plays with a lead. You don't know how he's going to call plays losing a game. When it gets tight in the fourth quarter, what is he going to do? It's just the unknowns of any rookie play caller because we don't know a tendency. He could be fantastic. We just don't know. Um, and, and well, when, really, when you say rookie, he's not a rookie play caller because he called it in Carolina, but he, it's new here. Right, oh, he, the he was the play caller. He was the OC, so he was the play caller there. Uh, I thought Matt Rule was the play caller there in Carolina. I would have thought that he was because those that was his offense that he was running. Okay. All right. So, but it it'll be interesting. But it's still, kind of to your point though, it's new to Buffalo, right? You haven't gone through the trials and tribulations of why you have mini camp and why you have training camp why you have the OTAs, the struggles that you have in week one and week two, right? We talk about all of that. You, you're you jumping in, right? And so when you jump in, are you jumping in as Brady or are you jumping in as Dorsey? 
Joe, Joey just put a comment on my, my line. And, 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 I, and I, I struggle with this one too, Stevie D. I got a guy with the name of Brady on the team. Are you kidding me? I want to talk about Brady. JB12, baby. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Joey, Joey said that, you know, in Carolina, they were 26th overall in offense. But, again, right. not doesn't have the Buffalo weapons um, in, in fairness. Um, it, it, it's just – if Joe Brady was smart, he – one, think about this. Whenever you replace a leader, I'm not even necessarily talking in sports, right? You're working at a job, and all of a sudden, I could do better than my manager. My manager doesn't know what to do, and I can do it. Right, put me in charge. I can run it. And you wonder, Joe Brady said that man. If I was in charge, this is what I would do. And he knows what's going on. He knows the struggles, man. If I if I had if I was running the ship, this is what I would do. This is how I would run it. So the question is: Is does he have full autonomy to to run the offense the way he wants to run it, or is he going to be governed by Sean McDonough? So yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very good question because all of what I was leading up to is that Sean McDermott used Ken Dorsey as the puppet or the scapegoat, right? Let's think about this. Let, let's let's look at the Sean McDermott track record. Kansas City game, Kansas City playoff game, right? The infamous 13 seconds. Heath, Far Heath Farwell is relieved as special teams coordinator. Why? Because the kick went into the end zone. So that's why he got fired, right? You blamed him for that. Aren't you the head coach? Aren't you the one that signs off on, you know, you should have been like, what? just like you said, what are we going to do here, right? You and I had talked about on the previous podcast, you kick it to the five, right? You forced them to come out and waste and burn time on that clock. Scapegoat number one. Cincinnati playoff loss, right? Who gets the blame for that? Leslie Frazier, right? Now, technically, they didn't come out outwardly and say Leslie has been relieved. Leslie's going to take some time. Next thing you know, you see Leslie showing up at head coaching clinics. You see him showing up on NFL Network, right? Leslie has nothing to do with the Buffalo Bills, right? Scapegoat number two. You feel, you feel the grip getting tighter and tighter, right? You can see it on his, you can see it on his face, you can see it in his body language. And now you have the loss that you should not have lost to Denver. The nationally televised game, primetime game, and you lose. And so now who's got to go? You kind of go down the list. Well, you got rid of special teams, got rid of defense, right? So now you go after the offensive coordinator. I will ask you this question, Stevie D. Just ask you this question. You have 11 guys on the field. The kick is wide right. No good. Who's the offensive coordinator today? Oh, it, it's Ken Dorsey. You guys win that football game. It's Ken Dorsey. 100%. Because you're not going to fire your OC after a win. It just so when you, put, you score three touchdowns. You fired the offensive coordinator, even though the reason why you lost is because technically your special teams lost. Um, that, that's your head coach. It is, but anyway, I, follow me here. You lost because your special teams was not prepared. 
or because your defense decided to call back-to-back cover zero um, blitzes. And both of those have nothing to do with the offense, but the day after you decide you're going to fire the offensive coordinator. Because that's the last man he can fire. Absolutely. You can't fire yourself unless you're Bill O'Brien, the GM that fires Bill O'Brien, the head coach. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at the end of the day, it, the responsibility on the special teams play, that's on your head coach. Yeah, 100%. Your head coach. You know, it's like at work when you're a leader and things don't go don't go right. What does your boss say? Well, how come you didn't know? How come you weren't aware? That's what I'm saying to Sean McDermott. How come you're not aware? How can you not know? You had four minutes to prepare for that, for that defense, you know, for the yeah. special teams defense. Excuse me. Why isn't your deep man? Why isn't your deep man counting? That's fundamental. Is counting the players on the field on those plays. Same thing in the punt formation. Your deep guys got to count the players. Yep. Because either a you call timeout. I don't know how you run a player off. Typically, you would have a timeout in your back pocket if you had twelve men on the field. But either way, you got to count a guy, and you're you're fifteen yards from the back of the end zone. You take off to the back of the end zone, but you know. So the guy is sweating now. He's hitting every button possible, and he says, okay, you got to go. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I wasn't there. I know none of us were there. There was a conversation. There was a meeting last year with McDermott, with Bean, and with Pagula. There was one. The handwriting is all over the place. And coming out of that meeting – was the Leslie Frazier firing. And that's why you see just the body language, the responses to questions, just the engagement, right? He is he is in that place where he is overly stressed because he knows that something is on the line and he's grasping and he went after Dorsey. Again, not that Dorsey didn't deserve to be fired, but why wouldn't you have done it earlier? Right. Or why would you if you really felt safe and secure, why would you not have had an internal meeting? Right. And maybe say, hey, Ken, uh, we're, we're going to have Joe take over some of the play calling. You guys are going to kind of elevate him to a co-offensive coordinator. Right. You had to make a stance. You had to say that I'm in charge and you're hoping and you're hoping that lightning will strike for you. We as Bills fans are hoping lightning strikes, right? Again, unfortunately, in, in Stevie D, I'm going to turn it over to you here at this point. But unfortunately, this has not crept into my head for years, Stevie D, for years. I am now at week 11 looking at where we are picking in the 2024 draft. That's where I am. I am looking at where do we need to focus our attention and who do we draft for the longest time. And it, you know, it's what it's a, it's a love hate. Cause you, again, when the draft comes, you want to pick high, right? right? But if you're picking high, that means that you had a really bad season. Right. And so for the last five, six years, we've been picking in the twenties, right? It reminds me back of the, uh, of the early nineties when you're picking 30, 31, 32, you didn't even have to watch the draft, right? Because you knew you weren't part of it. Now I'm starting to look. That's not good. 
No, um, but five and five, you know, the people say you are what your record is. I don't believe the Bills have that talent for five and five, but yeah. At what point point can that light bulb, you know, switch? CBD, you you said it. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Denny Green. Love Denny Green. I mean, that, right? that line is so perfect, right? It's it is. And you called it and you're right. You're you're right. So good luck to Joe Brady. Right. Um, I actually think and we'll talk about this, but I actually think this is I will say this now and I'll say it later. Beware their next opponent. Because this is the typical situation where it may not work in the long term, right? But just like Antonio Pierce, that that first game, everybody's hyped up. Everybody's galvanized, right? Whatever animosities, they're thrown to the side. And beware that next team coming up. Oh, I'm not worried. I, I just, I'd be more worried if I'm Buffalo, if the players buy, buy into the change. Because if, if if the players don't buy in the change, you could be throwing your head coach underneath the bus. That may happen the week after. It, it seems to always happen that first week. We, we've seen it with everybody. Okay. Head coach changes, okay. you, you get that first emotional win, and then the bottom falls out because then everybody's like, I'm not dealing with this nonsense. And then it all goes down. So it's usually that first one. I don't know who we have coming up yeah. <laughs> this week. I'm glad you make the, makes, makes you feel better to say that. It's okay. It's right. Just letting you know. Hey, that that's how it is. That's how it is. All right. So Stevie D, winner was coming in about the Jets. Right. Winner, winner is coming in Florham Park as well. America's team, baby. <laughs> the most watched <laughs> team in the NFL in 2023. <laughs> are are you still? As far as I know, um, you know, you're you're you know, we had we had the back to back primetime game, so you know, being on primetime, you're going to get a lot of people watching. So. I just want to know where you're getting your analytics from. The NFL, baby. The 1971 Nielsen report. <laughs> Don't hate, man. Don't hate because we're now America's team. Although we're not playing like America's team. But but yeah, honestly, uh, you know, obviously the Jets went to uh, Las Vegas and it's frustrating. If you could throw up that slide real quick, um, you know, about the Jets. Um you know, I'm old, you know, I, I need to slide. So obviously we lose 16 to 12 to the Raiders in, in Vegas. It was, uh, you know, I'm going to talk a lot about the discipline and accountability because the Jets made some changes this week. But what angers me more than anything is that our head coach says the same thing over and over again, regurgitates it week after week. that We're this close, uh, self-inflicted wounds. Um, uh, we got to be better. Uh, we can't make this. And, and it's like, it's like a broken record. And, and we said this, Vince, right? I've talked about it. Like if you don't hold your players accountable during the game, you're going to rinse and repeat week after week. Right. It's a little bit of a different scenario with James Cook and what happened with the fumble on, right. James Cook didn't earn a benching because He's been a fumbling, notorious fumbler, right? Things happen in a football game. 
what the Jets are doing is week in and week out with the same penalties that are drive killers, right? And, and silly penalties that should not happen, right? And last week, we had three first downs called back. We had a touchdown taken off the board. Now, on those three drives, we, we lost out. We were moving the football. And like I've said in the past, we cannot overcome down a distance. We can't yep. overcome first and 20, second and 20. We're not built that way. Zach Wilson just can't do it. He can't overcome that. And so as you're moving down the, the, the field and you have that penalty, it's a killer for the Jets. And then we stall out and we have to punt the football. This On, on the touchdown, I mean, Zach Wilson, I guess, went out of bounds. Man, it was so close to staying inbounds. And then the next play, it was, Uzama, so right? it was, it was like a, a grass blade. And then Uzama – takes down Max Crosby. And the sad part about it was, I'm sure every Jet fan watching says, dude, we had two more guys here to clean that up right right after that. So we had the fullback and and I believe a guard pulling and, and would have taken out Max Crosby anyway or at least got him out of the way so he would have scored a touchdown. But then it's a 10-yard penalty. Now we're first and goal from the 13. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Run, run, go to third down to go to pass. And we can't get it, and then we when we wound up kicking a field goal, right? But again, it all comes back to that lack of of uh, one accountability, and 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 just um, I, I call it discipline and accountability. And so, um, you know, my other big par- problem I had in this game, and look, this Jeff fans have been talking about this through over and over again. But what bothers me, if you no, I don't really believe in the quarterback as much. How do you go in and go to 72% dropbacks? Now, it was like 66 because he had four runs, right? But they were actually – they were designed pass plays. How, how do you go into a game thinking that – or even how the game plays out, that you're going to go 72? I threw a post up um, of, you know, what is the – what's going to be the uh, uh, percentage of passes? And I put a joke. What is 64%? All right. And I thought I was crazy for throwing. I was going to say, well, not 62, because our average is like 61. So I was going to throw up 62, like the price is right, right? Just go a dollar more. Oh, no. This guy just blows that out of the water and says, you know what? I'm done with the 60s. I'm going to go to the 70s, Bob. Give me 72, Alex, for the win, right? I mean, it's like, how do you conceptually do that? And to top it off, we had 15 carries in the first half. We were balanced, right, with 15 carries in the first half. I know Brees didn't run the ball particularly well. Uh, Dalvin Cook ran it better. But at the end of the day, they had to honor the run, allowed Zach to have some pass plays. No, we go in the second half and say, no, no, we're done. We're no longer going to run on first down, and we're going to throw, 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 where we only had two designed run plays in the second half. Mind mm-hmm. you, we were up 9-6 at halftime. Mind you, up 9-6. I can't believe that our head coach, who's supposed to be the head coach of the team, can't stay on the headset. Hey, uh, Nate, you, you want to mix some runs in there, please? Can't you see what I'm seeing out there? They're playing the pass because they we shown that we haven't run the football the whole third quarter. You want, you want to mix it up, please? It's a ball game. It's not like we were down three possessions. That's the other yep. part. It's a 16-12 yep. game, and our guy throws it – 44 times? 40 times? Yeah. I think it was 40 times. 40 times. 
mind, mind blowing, mind blowing to me. So um, now to kind of cycle back up to the to the discipline and accountability. This week they cut Michael Carter, although they say it's not for discipline. He got hit with a chop block. Man, I didn't see it as a chop block, but you know I'm I'm, I'm seeing it through the Jets lens, not through the lens of the NFL. I didn't see Becton engaged. I believe he had a fingertip on the guy, literally like a fingertip because Becton was kind of like not blocking anybody. And Michael Carter went, I don't like the, the block that way. I don't like that running backs can go diving in into players. I, I think that is just a safety hazard. Um, you can blow out knees. Bad things can happen, whether it's a chop block or not. I don't like the play. You want to talk about cleaning things up? Just get rid of it. You shouldn't be as a running back want to go up full speed and then dive at somebody's legs, right? I didn't think it was a chop block because we were engaged, but it, it is what it is. Michael Carter did not get cut because of that. Um, the way the Jets brass say is that they had a conversation and Michael Carter wanted more carries. Uh, the Jets were not wanting to give him more carries, and they said, you do know you, what? Do you believe that? No, I, I don't believe anything that comes out of Jets' mouth. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe it when it comes to injuries. Just certain things, they've just known the lie, and our head coach is a liar. And once you start lying on on TV and your press conferences, you you, you burn all the trust with me. I just – I can't have it. You, Fair. You, Fair. Just n- not good. So uh, they cut him, and then today they announced the benching of C.J. Yumzada uh, on the tight end. He's the guy that had two massive penalties against the Raiders. And subsequent weeks before that – he had critical penalties that were drive killers. And so finally we're seeing some level of accountability, right, where players that have been allowed to run rampant are now being dialed back. The problem I have is why did it take the ninth game for it to happen? As a head coach, one of the things that you should always be preaching, unless you're the Raiders, right, because growing up the Raiders would have 15 penalties a game, and I think Al Davis loved that. He loved the craziness, and he didn't mind the personal foul penalties because it was an intimidation factor, I think, with the Raiders, that we're, we're going to intimidate you. W- with the Jets, it's it's stupid penalties. It's just dumb, not concentrating penalties that, unfortunately, our offense is not good enough to overcome. We're, we're not. And I don't think Zach played an awful game. I thought he had some really impressive pass plays in that game, uh, some no-look kind of stuff that he had to do. But it was really on the rope. Um, I thought the sideline throw to Garrett Wilson towards the uh, to the goal line was a good. It was a very catchable ball for for Garrett along the sidelines. Didn't happen. The hell Mary, that was a hell of a rollout and throw across your body on a dime to the end zone, almost caught. I, I get a couple of drops by another a drop uh, earlier by by Garrett Wilson again right here, right here, right. You got you got to make that that catch and so. Um, I'm hoping that this players only only meeting they had with the change with CJ going to the bench, that it's going to help people be focused. Because I believe when you're benched, you're taking money away. If you're a starter and now you're not, when you're eligible to make money, are you going to make that money? So that's you know, a way to hold them accountable if they're not, if they have lacked the, the concentration needed. I, I, I'm surprised of the production that you had from Uzama. Because when he was with the Bengals, right, and I was just looking at some of his numbers, when he was with the Bengals, 
he had it in 2020 he had an injury injury year but aside from that he he was a 40 reception type guy right he he was a 60 plus target guy 40 reception type guy Fire and then all it, well <clears throat> then you guys got him last year and that dropped significantly two, two, this is his third year with the jets 20 yeah what 2022 and now 2023 right and yeah, just the the use. I wonder if it's the fact that he's not being targeted. That he's not Tyler in, Conklin. In- Tyler Conklin. I think we all thought when the signing happened, CJ was going to be the guy. Yeah. And then they signed Tyler from Minnesota, Tyler Conklin, and CJ. And they battled through training camp and Ty, Tyler Conklin came out number this is the number one tight end. And he had a rough start to his jet career because he had a fumbling problem, mm-hmm. but Tyler has proven he's a much better patch cat pass catcher and better use of stiff arm yards mm-hmm. after the catch type tight end. And so Tyler really carved out his, his tight end one and CJ. I mean, there's times where you wouldn't see CJ other than run blocking. That he just is not any part of the offense where Tyler ha- has a spot in the offense. Well, now Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end drafted last year out of Ohio State, is now moving up to tight end number two. Um, and I like this kid. I think he's more athletic than CJ Uzama. Um, and I, but I, he's still a work in progress. But he has all that ability to be a, t- a tight end one in the league. So CJ goes to the bench. Um, and we'll we'll see what happens against Buffalo because I'll tell you, look, and we I say it all the time. Buffalo may be five and five, but Buffalo has all the weapons on the offensive to lay a butt weapon, right? If they can just get it together, right? If they can get it together for all four quarters, like they did there that three game stretch where they were just blowing everybody out for that three games, right? You know it's there. All the players are still there. It's mm-hmm. just getting it out, and when it explodes. Right, they are extremely dangerous. The Jets cannot. We can't score a touchdown, right? Just think about that. We can't even score a touchdown. How do you think we're we're supposed to win with teams that can put the ball in the end zone? You can't. You can't win if you can't score touchdowns, and that's where we are right now. So with Buffalo, you, Buffalo scores two touchdowns. As of right now, we're not winning a football game because we can't score because we can't not create the penalty. To hurt the team, it, it's. I'll tell you, I I don't know if I have been as frustrated with a team, a, a Jets team. I would say going back to the Rich Coat Titan years, right? Ninety five, ninety six, Rich Coat Titan. That was as frustrating as as it gotten for me, watching a team play. Right? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about taking on a persona of a head coach? Like the that's what we were like. It, it was just it was it was ridiculous, and this team. It, they're unwatchable offensively. They are unwatchable. Seriously, like you, we want to, we joke about the Giants. No, the Jets are unwatchable. They're unwatchable. So, just, you know, I was just, I was bringing up uh, CJ Uzama's contract details because if you're moving them to three, right? Obviously, then there's going to be plans. But the potential out is 2024, so basically a two-year. Um, you will take the hit next year if you let him go. You will take that hit. 
Yeah, and because we redid his contract. And so, like anything else, when you redo a contract to spread out money, um, to lower cap hits for the team, you pay that price. So I don't know if they would cut him outright and then take that that hit in, in 24. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We know with the re- redo of the contract. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, I thought the defense played well. Again, you saw – you saw how how powerful that defensive line is. Um, mm. It's fun to watch. Even if they don't get the sack, they move that quarterback and they they forced incompletions. Right. Um, I I'll, I'll be honest with you. You're, you're lauding that that defensive line. I think I sent it to you during the game. Those linebackers, man, Mosley, yeah. And Will, Williams had that one tackle of Jacobs behind the line of scrimmage, and they highlighted that play where so he, he, he was. He was scraping. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Quincy Williams is the number one rated linebacker in the NFL. CJ is the rated number two, according to That's because Matt Milano's hurt. Let's be clear. Matt Milano's hurt. So you got a big asterisk. You got a big asterisk, Barry Bonds. You got a big asterisk. Because your guy can't see on the field. That's my fault. <laughs> so, you know, I, I like Matt Milano. He's Italian. So, you know, he moves up on the list. But, uh, um, yeah, so we have the one and two. Uh, Quincy was a fine. He was a cut from Jacksonville a couple of years ago. We picked him up, and he's been getting better and better. The one thing I wish he would play with his head up a little bit more than his head down, like a heat sinking missile, and he, you know, use that that vision. And I think he'd be even better if he can make that adjustment. Whoo, this guy's the limit. And we have him on a three year, eighteen million dollar contract. Okay, you know, about team favorable contract right there. So yeah. But I, again, I just love watching that defense play all day, all day, every day. So that's what I'm looking forward to against Buffalo is watching the defense play. I don't want to see the offense; just play defense all game. <laughs> so Stevie D, um, you know, obviously, you know, once again, we go head heads up, right? Mono a mono, right? And. Um, it's a little different than opening night, right? Opening night, if you remember, uh, you know, there there was, uh, you know, a lot of hype, the optimism. You just come off of hard knocks, right? And, you know, here we are. We got the cover of Madden, and we feel this year, well, this is what we say every year, this year's our year, right? And we, we go into um, – was it the Meadowlands? What are they? MetLife Stadium, please. MetLife Stadium. I'm sorry. The the New Jersey. We we crossed from New York to New Jersey. That that's what we did, right? I, we had to pay the toll to get over there. So once we got to New Jersey, <laughs> do you not have to pay a toll to get to New Jersey? I don't know. Pay no stinking tolls. <laughs> oh, look who's here! here. It, it's our it's our chief marketing officer. Oh, look at this guy. You know, you go on a sabbatical, you know, as the chief marketing officer, you're going to get fired. Yeah, I, we, we got to work something out. Welcome, Dana. Haven't seen you in a while. Glad to see you. Anyways, so we should, you know, we, we were hyped up for that game, right? And you and I were, you know, a little, little, little frigid, right? But that that's the way that we are all the time, right? Week, right? But then... Uh, hey, hey, Dana. But now you, you you bring it to, you know, where we are today. And 
it just feels so deflating, right? I I can't be mad at you guys, right? I for the last ten weeks I've been you know Zach Wilson this and Zach Wilson that, right? I I do like Zach, right? I just gave you credit for your linebackers. I like your linebackers. Well, I, not a, not as much a Mosley fan, but I do believe that you have you have really talented linebackers, and you know Williams is, is just stud, and uh, you know just watching him go sideline to sideline. Um. You know, it, when when I think about it, I just don't have that same animosity that that or rage that I had before. But I do feel, Stevie D, I do feel where we are point in time, I do feel the Bills are in a better place than where the Jets are. Yeah, because you score touchdowns. We can't score touchdowns. We But we let you score touchdowns. We gave Zach a touchdown. The Battle of the Bulge just ended. I think, the, and then we—that's we, when the last time we scored a touchdown. Zach, Zach scored a touchdown against us. Again, we haven't scored a touchdown since World War II. It was I week mean, one. On. Week one. Don't overdo it. Week, Don't. Uh, over- no, no, you got to say we haven't scored a touchdown since the first quarter against the Giants. Like in dog years, this is like World War II. Okay, <laughs> it's emba- it's actually an embarrassing stat. Beyond embarrassing stat. You're a football team. You should be able to fall into a touchdown per game. Just fall into yeah. one. You should be able to do that. Yeah. You're getting paid, and we can't do that. So, it, you know, I, I'm not going to belabor, but there are some things that I do want to show. This is what the way I see the keys to victory, right? So when we start looking at the keys to victory, Stevie D, forget about Monday night, right? Right. They they tell you they give you 24 hours. After 24 hours, you forget about it, you move on. Except for <laughs> after 24 hours, we decided we were going to make a change that's going to allow people to talk about it for the for the next 96 hours. Um, you have to eliminate the turnovers, right? Whether they be Josh's interceptions or uh fumbles, and Josh, you were responsible for one of those fumbles. Uh Josh's turnovers, James Cook's turnovers, right? We have to eliminate the turnovers. I think last time I said um, you have to win a turnover battle. Forget that. Just stop turning the ball over and you'll win the turnover battle, okay? And then you are the defending AFC champion, AFC East champion. Play like it. And I mean that one, Stevie D. When, when, When I put that up there, you are the king of the AFC East. In order for you to lose your crown, you have to be knocked out. You don't take a knee. Right? You are not Roberto Duran saying no mas, no mas. So that means that you need to get out on that field. I didn't put it up this time. You play 60 minutes. You get out there and you play 60 minutes. None of this sleepwalking from the first quarter to the third quarter and then deciding you're going to flip a switch. Act like it. You want to be padded on the back. You want to be padded on the helmet. You want people to make commercials. All of a sudden, everybody's Madison Avenue because you are the defending AFC East champions. You're in every commercial. I see you all over the place. It's Diggs and, and Miller. It's Allen. It's Allen and Diggs. They're all over the place. 
but you're over there because you were the AFC East champions. Play like it. And then the, the <clears throat> Stevie D, I took off the play 60. Hey, ever since I put up the play 60, they haven't been playing 60. So I think it's partly my fault. I'll own up to that, McDermott. That's not your fault. <laughs> I'll I'll take that one. But what to watch for? What to watch for? Joe Brady, right? We we've already talked about it, um, you know, earlier in the podcast. But what we need to see for him, you know, do we have the offensive focus, right? What's the play calling look like? What are the schemes? What's the player usage? The player attitude, right? The, these are all big, Stevie D. When I when when you start to look at those, and especially the player usage, right? You, you've had the Trent Sherfields of the world. You had the Deontay Hardys of the world. You had the Khalil Shakirs of the world. You've had uh, who am I missing? Um, Dalton Kincaid. The James Cook, right? Basically, everybody except for Diggs has really not had a significant role. It's been Diggs and then everybody else. In each game, there's, they would highlight one player, right? Maybe two. But you have these weapons. And Diggs could do so much more if you started to include the other weapons. Novel concepts, DVD. A defense is going to focus on Stefan Diggs because they know they don't have to focus on the other guys. If you start putting targets out there and you start including guys into the game plan, you start having Hardy maybe getting some yak yards, being able to get down the field, throw it to him deep. All of a sudden, those safeties, they can't lean as much to Diggs because they have to you know, have responsibilities to the other sides of the field. And the same goes for Trent Sherfield and, and Dalton Kincaid and all the other guys. On top of that, if you run the ball. And just, the Jets have a bad, bad run defense. But let, let, let me explain something here. This one, I, I, I wish I had kind of a whiteboard or, or chalkboard because I, I would kind of explain, Stevie D. Here's the concept of play-action pass, Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Nathaniel Hockey, pay attention, please. Yeah, you yes, you do. You do. In order for this to be effective, you have to hand the ball off to the running back a certain amount of times. The defense has to respect that this and then pulling it back that potentially that this is a run. So their step is going to be forward, which then creates the gap between the linebackers and the safeties. You have this big gap. That's how play-action pass works. It's a play-action fake, right? New new concept. See, you got all these young guys, these millennials and stuff. They, they don't know the old-school football, right? They don't know the wing tee. They don't know the power eye, triple option. They, they don't know any of that, right? They, they just know this whole spread offense, right? So they think that just because I do this and I'm going to pass, that that's supposed to make you fake you up, but it doesn't. Meaning, if Buffalo, and, and this happened under Dorsey, 
had the propensity to fake like they were going to cook and then start the pass. But I know you're not running. And for you guys, I know you're not running, right? Your numbers don't lie. So why am I even why, – why the wasted motion? You risk a fumble doing that than anything else. So scheme, right? So let's see what you do. How do you use the players? What are the schemes? And that's that's why I put that up there for, for Joe Brady. Stevie D, again, I still think <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I still think uh, that – and we'll go over the picks. I still think Buffalo is going to win this game. I think that if – this change is going to help anything. It's going to be this week. Uh, bring up my slide. Bring up my slide already. Talking, talking about your keys to victory. You guys think you're going to do something special with your new offensive coordinator. Well, you're going to win this game because we can't score touchdowns. That's why we're, why we're going to lose. But, and penalties. Uh, I mean, it's fundamentals, right? Stop the penalties because we can't overcome those. Eight offensive penalties just doesn't get it done. Um, it just kills you um, game after game, and it's it's just inexcusable at this point, nine games in, that we can't fix this problem. So hopefully the changes that it's going to spark some people to stay focused for 60 minutes. Uh, let's stay focused uh, on the field. I say contain Josh Allen from the standpoint of um, don't don't allow him to to just run wild with the football. Um, and uh, make sure that we have a spy on him to contain him. Because if he runs with the football, like we know he can. He doesn't run. I know, but if he does. Okay. If he does, right, It to me, that's where that weapon is really great. And so we have to figure out a way to stop him from just getting big chunk runs um, and let's contain him. Um we can say run the ball, whatever, uh, but we got to score a touchdown. All right, let's start with the first one. Preferably in the first quarter would be nice, uh, but we have to score touchdowns because this is just uh, this is unwatchable football. So I highlighted it in green because it's just it's a joke at this point that we haven't scored a touchdown since the first quarter against the Giants. Um, scenarios to watch. I'm curious to see if Salo will start holding players accountable during the game. Like, we thought James Cook was unnecessarily uh, penalized with his benching for 16 plays, which was it felt like an eternity. It was like two two full quarters, right? I don't think we saw him until the, until the third quarter. Um, but I want to see him say, hey, you're, you're coming out and we're going to put somebody else in there because you, you got to get it together. So I hope, I hope we see a little bit of that um, from an accountability. I want to see him grow as a coach to realize that we have to make that change. Um, how will it just, just to Joe Brady? What is that going to be like? Um, you know, will it take, how, how long will it take, uh, the, um, what should you call it? The, um, in-game adjustments, right? Will it take one quarter, two quarters, um, until we kind of figure out a rhythm? Um, cause we, we just don't know how he's going to call it. Um, and so that, that, that's what makes, you know, me nervous of a new, uh, of a new offensive coordinator. And then, uh, uh, I want to see uh, Izzy Abanacana, right, replace Dalvin Cook as RB2. I don't think they got the guts to do it, um, but I, I would like to see Abanacana get, get some touches this week and utilize that speed because right now we are hurting. I, I want to see these kids 
I want to see more Gibson. I want to see more of Brown Lee, uh, Irv Charles. I want to see these young kids because I'll tell you, I don't, I'm sure you saw it, Vince. That miss, almost missed by Alan Lazard on the crossing route where he bobbled the ball and got lucky to hold on to it. If he dropped that football, that damn remote was going through the TV. <laughs> I, I would just had about all I could take of Alan Lazard. I'm just tired of his I don't even know if I can call it inconsistent play. It's just bad play uh, from the penalties to the drop balls to like, I don't know. It just feels like effort. A, effort. Yeah, right. You know, I, you know, my kid, I, you know to, I told you that in, in my opinion, that game ending interception was his fault. Gotta come it back was Zach's it. fault. It was Zach's fault. But the route that he ran, and I'm not sure if you were able to see that on the All-22 or uh, not. I, I did. I did. Did it, He didn't come back to he it. He did not come back at all. Um, he did not sense the linebacker there at all, Alan Lazard. Again, Zach on that play, he had Garrett to the left wide open. He had uh, – I forgot who the underneath player was on, on a little bit of a five, six-yard out. Nobody was there. He could have checked it that way. And and then off, and the guy could have ran out of bounds. Um, but at the end of the day, um, uh, it's a bad, it's an interception. Zach basically did not check off sure. anybody else. He was locked in on that receiver. That's his mo. That's what hurts Zach is that he cannot see the field and go through progressions. He's so hyper focused on one receiver. Right, and if it's not there, he's holding the ball, and then it's it's like I think you mentioned it to me. Is there somebody in his ear saying you got to get it there? That's the play right there, and so he's holding the ball, and then waiting for it to open. It doesn't open, and then he gets sacked uh, because he's holding it too long. And uh, again, I've seen some things out of Zach where it's like, man, okay, and then you, you got the head scratches. But you know that's what happens when you're you know, he's just not good. I don't know how to put it. He's just not good, right? We can make excuses all day long. Uh, at the end of the day, even a squirrel can find a nut. And right now, he cannot find an end zone. Right? You've had yeah. 30, 40 drives, 41 drives now without a touchdown. Think about that. 41 drives without a touchdown. Sorry. You can only put so much on penalties, on 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 drops. At 41 drives, it's it's just inexcusable. Um, it's inexcusable. And that's why, you know, I, I, I'm always going to, you know, I'm going to pick the Jets over Buffalo because as we go to the pick section, right, uh, I'm going to pick the Jets over Buffalo. At the end of the day, the Jets will not win a football game, will not win another football game until they or until they put it in the end zone. Can't. And I just oh. wish they would just open it up. I just wish they would open it up. Just let them air it. Just let them air it. And if there's interceptions, there's interceptions. But this not pushing the ball downfield just doesn't work. And let me tell you something. Buffalo is going to eat the Jets alive. Now yeah. you're, you're you're going to hurt, you're hurt because you don't have Milano, right? And that that hurts because he's he's so good at linebacker. I mean, he's the third best linebacker in the NFL, and um, and so. But the reality is, if you guys play back, Zach is going to he's not going to know what to do. You drop all those people in the coverage, it's not going to be a pretty game for Zach. You are so you are so lucky. I I had I had the production crew in my ear saying, "Should I do it?" And, I, and you may have saw me. I shook him off. 
They they almost cut that entire segment out for you, Stevie D. You were so lucky. Third best. <laughs> that time I gave you that. So you gotta you gotta do it. We we got we gotta settle this guy down. We gotta settle him down. All right, Stevie D. So you know, Joey's Joey's over here talking smack. The, the sun shines on a dog's butt every now and again. We'll see. We beat you the last two times at home. You know, so we we gave Zach his first touchdown of the year. Just think about that. That was our Christmas present. It came three three months early. Four months early. Joey's just busting my chops. <laughs> Joey's just busting my chops. <laughs> but. All right, CBD, let's go to our picks. Let's go to our picks. So I will tell you, I will tell you a little, a little side story. Finally, the state of Florida has legalized sports betting. Oh, welcome to the 20, 21st century. That's what I've been saying. They they get they 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 played with my emotions because they had started it like two years ago. And then they pulled it back and they were like, "Oh no, we can't do it." It's been a big legal thing going on between all the paramutuals and the Seminole Hard Rock and the the state of Florida. It, it's been a mess. Went all the way up to the Supreme Court. That that's how bad this is. Okay. So I go in there to test it out, and I'm like, "Hey, let me make a little wager." So I make a I made a, a three-team parlay. Totally forgot about it. Went back in. I'm looking at my account balance. I'm like, what happened here? Right now I start thinking, did I get hacked? Did I do something by accident and, and start putting money in? Ah, no, I go back and I'll, I'll look at that. I hit that three-team parlay. And I'm like, well, that's why I'm doing so well in my picks. Only problem, this one is with a spread. We're going without a spread. Hey, was it you that told me the guy that that hit the? Uh, yes, yes. The can't, big one? Can't, can't say his name. Right. Can't say his name. A very good friend of mine, and you know, hopefully he he's watching the podcast. A very good friend of mine lives in your or your former neck of the woods, right? He invited me to play into DraftKings. And so, you know, we have a little group and we play, it's like 10, 10 to 12 of us. But then, of course, we, we play in the other ones. He played in the $5 one that pays out 50000 And as he plays in this one, he go, his lineup is heavy of Cowboys going against the Giants. Plus, he had every other player that went off. Stevie D, I've done some of these. The best that I've I've got, I think I was like 16 or 20 or something like that, which I thought out of all these people, oh, I'm going to cash in. No, you don't get anything until you're like the top five, right? Okay. He finished number one. Took home a cool 50 grand. 50 grand on a $5 DraftKings wow. bet. I, I was like, dude, congrats. So... Uh, again, not going to re- reveal the name, but he knows who he is. Kudos, man. That That's what's up. And I was like, you know, no, you're BSing me. You're BSing. Then all of a sudden I got the screenshots. I was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. So, but Stevie D, let, let's get to our picks. Um, 
Oh, oh boy, our chief marketing officer chimed in. They, they, they. <laughs> you know what, Dana? You never know. I mean, we're 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 going to be starting to spread like wildfire here at OW Sports. So, but um, he, he's he was he's been away for a little bit. He comes back doing the exact same thing he was doing the last time he was fired. He's spending money without bringing in money. Hey, he's consistent. He th that he all is. you can ask for is consistency. That that you are correct. He is consistent, and that's why we hire him back. Right. Hey, I've never seen anybody. Hey, you look at the resume: fired, rehired, fired, rehired. Yeah, I, that's you know. All right, let's get to our picks. Let's get to our picks. Um, Cincinnati, Baltimore. We differ on this one. This is tomorrow night, Stevie D. Yeah, sorry, Craig. Sorry, Craig. Go ahead. Go ahead and type it up. Give me the anger. Uh, but, yeah, I, I got Cincinnati. I, I think they're hitting a the stride. Um, and uh, I, I got them. They're a little banged up, though. They are. They'll find a way. Ooh. Oh, saying it, saying it with just conviction. <laughs> like hey, Joe Cool. Saying it like Joe Cool. I'm taking B more. B more. I'm riding with the Harbaugh boys. Um, then we have Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Now, are you changing that after the Deshaun Watson injury? No. And the reason being is I like Cleveland's defense against Pittsburgh's offense right now. Mm. Fair. Okay. All right. Um, and then after that, we we kind of are the same. I, you know, the Chargers, Green Bay, I'm going to skip that one, Stevie D, because it's the Chargers and Green Bay, not really moving the needle. I, I want to go down. I want to go down to um, Denver and Minnesota. reason why I want to go to this one, um, you're taking Denver. I, I, and I, I let me tell you something. This was the last game I picked. When I went through the list, this was the last one I came to. And I just love everything about Josh Dobbs and what he's doing in Minnesota in those two games. And he's going to get Justin Jefferson back, it looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't know how Minnesota will play outdoors in that thin air when they're not used to doing that because they don't go there very often. Um, so... I went I went with Denver, but I okay. was really conflicted in this one. And the only reason why I'm really taking Denver is because they're at home in the, in the thin air. Okay. Um, at a night game, and uh, that's why I got them. All right, so two more. Um, Philadelphia, Kansas City, That this this is um, definitely the, the prime time of all prime time games this season. Everybody's looking forward to this game. Kind of way they were looking forward to the Jets and Bills week one. Everybody's looking forward to this one. I like Kansas City at home, Stevie D. You went with Philly. You went with the tush push. I, I, I went with uh, Green. Um, and You went uh, with the tush push. And you went I, with the Red I, in Buffalo. I, I, went with Taylor, so. I went with Taylor Swift. They, I, I, Swifty right here, baby. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I went with Philly. Kansas City's just not right now. They're coming off the bye. You know, is, is Travis uh, Travis Kelsey going to show up? You know, he went to Argentina to go to the concert and all that. Is he going to be back in time? 
Uh, he had a song written about him. Yeah, it was. How uh, can he not be right? He had a song written about. Yeah, him. or maybe he's got you know he's starstruck. A lot, a lot of the Google eyes, and and then he won't show up for the game. I, honestly, I just can't can't see he's just not impressing me in on the offensive side of the ball. The defense has been really, really good this year. Really good. Um, but uh, I, I'm going. I'm going with the Eagles. So as Dana said that he was registering OWSbetting.com, I'm going to give you my tip. You never go against the home team on a primetime game unless it's Russell Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) I can't stand stand Russell Wilson. All right, and then the last game, obviously, um, you know, we, we focused on our loyalties. Um, yep. I'm not sure if you really meant that pick, but um, we're focusing on our loyalty. Well, since 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 we already beat you once this year, I figured we could do it again. Ooh, wow, shots taken. Well, you okay. delivered the first one. Well, listen, hell, heck, we, Joey's been giving me the business over here on, on Facebook. Here, we 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 may do you another favor and take out your next quarterback. How about that? Jet fans would like it. <laughs> so no issues there. Um, hey, uh, I know we're going to be wrap this up, but you wanted to bring up something that we didn't bring up last show. Um, so I was going to give you the opportunity to bring it up. So you kind of threw me for a loss. I did forget to do our commercial, though. I do need no. to do our commercial. Uh, no, uh, not the commercial. From what we talked about, and you said, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about it. I have no idea. So you started off because you know, Veterans Day. Veterans Day. Oh, we did not. We did not do that. Veterans one. Day was Saturday. Yes. Yes. No. And just where the timing, the timing of uh, where our show was a little early. And so we wanted to make sure that we got something out to recognize all of the veterans um, and to you know, give our thanks, express our gratitude uh, for all of those who have served and who are currently serving um, because of all the freedoms that we have, right, are really on your backs and on your shoulders and uh, forever indebted in gratitude. And, you know, the one of the things that, that I hate, Stevie D, is that when we have holidays like this, and there are some other holidays that we have throughout the calendar year that we look at it as a day to go shopping, right? It, it, it becomes monetary, right? You see all the ads from all the stores, Veterans Day sale for this and saving that. But the meaning in the the meaning of the true holiday is to truly give thanks, not not to go get a sale, not not to get a you know a new juicer or something like that. It's really to honor those who, you know, are as I as I mentioned, that have given the sacrifice, um, and, and continue to give that sacrifice and and do it for us, and, and you know, to express our appreciation. So we did not get a chance earlier to do so, and I'm glad you, glad you, I'm old, so I I, I forget stuff. <laughs> Uh, but I'm glad you did uh, bring that up so that we could do something. So I want to. I just want to, you know, thank my dad, who's a, uh, a Navy man, and my, my father-in-law, who's also a Navy man, and 
And my current uh, cousin that's uh, currently serving is a colonel in the U.S. Army, uh, my cousin Paul. Just to thank you and to everybody else, his families that have served or is continuing to serve or um, is retired. Uh, you know, thank you for your service. Um, I know I didn't have the courage to join the military myself, just didn't have it in me. Um, but I respect the heck of anybody who's done it or is doing it um, to uh, to allow us to sit here and do this podcast. Right. And when you look at other nations that aren't able to do that. And so uh, we're very grateful. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I guess one other one other thing that we need to do here. It's that wasn't it, Stevie D. I was going to say, I'm like, you're throwing me curveballs here. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was not it. And we may not be able to do it. If not, that's okay. Um, I think what we're going to do, Stevie D, we're going to go ahead and um, go ahead and bring this show to a close. Um, we want to thank everybody that participated, everybody that joined. I know we sent out some invites and, you know, had some new faces that joined us and we appreciate everybody. Um, we appreciate the return of some of our old veterans. Terry comes back. Dana comes back. You know, are you both on sabbaticals or something like that? Glad to see you guys back. Um, and then as well as in, in, inter, intermixing with some of, some of our new followers and subscribers. So it, it was great. Right. Um, Got a lot off the chest, right? You know, again, very therapeutic to be able to vent and get some of this out. I will still be, um, I think, uh, carrying that flag for this to be McDermott's last season. Um, I've been doing that for a while now, but uh, getting closer, Stevie D. Um, but, again, thank you to everybody. We're, we're always engaging on our social media platforms, maybe mostly on Facebook, but you will see us on Instagram and a little bit on Twitter or X, you know, we'll call it X. Um, so certainly check us out, send us comments, questions, you know, ideas of things that you may want us to talk about. Certainly we'll be open to that as well. And so for that, Stevie D, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up for my co-host Stevie D. I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon.